I'm Patrick, we're the host of Valuetainment, and today I'm going to talk to you about 10 signs, 10 signs of a great future CEO. So look, in every single organization, no matter what industry it is, there's always going to be a department that's ran by people who are generally, naturally perfectionists. They want everything to be perfect. I'm talking product development. This product has to be cut perfectly right, right? You know, whatever they're designing has to be perfect. You know, the sculpture, the design of a building, architecture, perfect. There's many departments that have a need for people that are perfectionists, but sometimes perfectionists are also extremely sensitive, and if they're not happy with the product, you give any criticism, they back then, they're mobilized, right? They don't move a lot. As a CEO, if you seek perfection, there's a different department for you. To be a CEO, you're not seeking perfection. You're seeking magic while hiring people on the team that seek perfection. It's a weird dynamic because if the person you're working with, the CEO, wants everything to be perfect, 90% of the time, whatever you deliver to them is not there. It's not perfect. It's not at their standard. So eventually people are like, you know what, what I'm doing may not be that good enough. So it actually makes people perform less and be more hesitant than wanting to be more open and wanting to play more offense and get more creative. So to be a great CEO at the top, you gotta avoid seeking perfection. So look, many times you look at the people you have on your team and you will identify the group of people that are very good at giving feedback, coaching, and challenging their peers. Here's what I mean by this. It'll be as you know, simple as somebody comes up and says, hey uh, guys, listen, what I noticed earlier, what we did was great, but I think we can take it to a whole different level. John, I noticed your effort wasn't there. Bobby, I think you can smile more often. Hey, Mary, why don't you give that spunk that you typically have? But I think we can do this thing better. What do you guys say we do one more time? Let's do one more time. Coaching challenging, right? Or they'll pull somebody aside and say, you know, John, I want to have a conversation with you. I don't know what's going on with you lately but I'm not uh, feeling like you're giving your best. What's going on? Is there something we don't know about that you're frustrated with at the work environment? But what is going on with you? Those conversations are a must for anybody that one day becomes a CEO. You gotta learn how to give feedback, you gotta learn how to coach, you gotta learn how to challenge, and most people who avoid conflict and don't like friction, don't like those kinds of challenges with personalities, as you may be a great performer within a company, but to become a CEO, you can have a lot of conversations like that with many different departments, from investors, executives, salespeople, support, vendors, partners, media, a lot of people. So that has to be a very simple comfort zone for you to give feedback, challenge, and push people. Okay, so this next one kind of has to do with feedback, coaching, and uh, challenging people. This is rallying people. You know, coaching, challenging, is one thing to bring people into your office and have a conversation with them, say, guys, I think we can do this better. But rallying is rallying the troops. You know, you're rallying against a new campaign, a new competitor, you're rallying for a vision, a cause, something that's big, we're getting everybody to be rallied. CEOs are very good at rallying their team. You know, at any given time when you're driving a business, at any given time when you're growing your company, you're gonna have certain times that not everybody feels like running. Not everybody is inspired. Not everybody's getting jacked up. A lot of different distractions get people's energy to go lower and they're like, I'm just kind of checked out right now. I'm just kind of disconnected right now. A great leader knows how to rally people. They bring them together. Let's rally, rally. Bringing everybody of many different personalities together, many different backgrounds together. Let's come together and go do something that seems very difficult to do, but I believe we could do it. Great future quality of a CEO 
is somebody who's great at rallying the troops. So there's a lot of different data you can measure in your employees and your team members in a company. Lots of different data, but there's one data that's hard to measure, yet I promise you, the leaders at the top all measure. Here's what it is. Say it's a Saturday, five o'clock in the afternoon. Work is done, Monday through Friday. In your Monday through Friday type of a company, hypothetically, it's Saturday, five o'clock, and you're trying to get a hold of some people because something happened, a crisis, something needs to be taken care of. Who are the three people that you know if you text, you email, you call, like this, they get back to you. Who are those three people? You know those three people you just thought about? Those three people have a quality that can't be measured, but every organization, every organization values at the high, highest level. You know what it is? Reliability. Reliability. I took this exercise. I grabbed the paper and pen. I started writing a list of all the names of people that are the most reliable that I do business with. Then I start ranking them. I said, well, look at this list here. Look at the list of people I have that are so reliable. Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, you know, Wednesday night, midnight, one o'clock. It's great. Now, somebody may watch this and they may say something like, this is exactly the opposite of what's taking place in America. And Patrick wants companies to go back to the way Ford ran it. No, 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 no. Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who can be a CEO, not who can be a director, not who can be a controller, not who can be an executive CEO. There's only one CEO per company. And for that person to be a CEO, you need everybody to rely on this person to make the right decision. So for you watching this, if I ask the person you work with, would you be on a list of being the most reliable? If not, just know that this value that cannot be measured may be at this level of importance to a board or an organization that may one day consider hiring you as a CEO. Okay, so this next one's very simple. I spent a lot of time talking about this at the Vault Conference, and it's about learning how to recruit people. As a CEO, you're always recruiting. The former chief talent officer of Netflix sat there when her and I were speaking. She said the one thing that was so special about working with Reed Hastings from Netflix is she's in her fifth year in business with Netflix. She is their chief talent officer, their HR. She comes into work one day and she notices that Reed is recruiting the former HR and chief talent officer of Yahoo. He says, wait a minute, what are you doing? That's my position. And Reed says, I know it's your position, but what if something happens to your health tomorrow? How am I gonna replace you? I have to be ready to replace you. See, that's an example of a person that realized to build a $150 billion company one day, you are constantly into recruiting business. And recruiting isn't just new. Many times you may recruit somebody in and you think you have them, you don't have them yet. You're still recruiting them and recruiting them and recruiting them and finding another person and another person and another person and another person. Anybody that eventually becomes a great CEO, if there's one ability, this is a must, if there's one ability that you gotta have to constantly win and grow your organization, continuously grow your organization, is the ability to recruit talent that wants to come and work for you and your organization with your vision over your competitors. Okay, this is another one that you cannot measure, but it's very critical if you want to become a CEO in a company one day. So every time, you know, when there's a process of trying to size out your teammates and whoever you're working with, one of the greatest times to do this is when crisis takes place. It's such a great time when crisis takes place. So you can't let a crisis go by without getting everything you can out of a crisis. When a crisis happens, we had one earlier today. When a crisis happens, you look around and you see, look at that person right there. Shit just hit the fan. I mean, things just got serious. And you know what's crazy about that person right there? They're so calm. Why are you calm? 
Everybody else is panicking. You're calm. Oof, good for you. Good for you. Not calm because you're careless. Calm because you know what the next five things you're gonna do that you have control over. It's a big difference between careless and saying, I don't care, it's not a big deal, I can't do nothing about it, it's not my job. I'm not talking about that kind of calm. I'm talking about calm. I've already called this person, I followed up with this person, have we called that person? Let me go see what I can do about this, let me go see what I can do about that, can you please get that thing for me? Can you get that for me? Perfect, we're good to go. Calm. People like that make everybody else calm. And people perform better. They're poised. And if you're gonna one day lead an organization, and you want to continue to grow this organization to a different level, it's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of fires, a lot of dragons to slay. And somebody at the top who leads this organization has to be a person that knows how to stay calm in the storm. So you know how sometimes you work with somebody and somebody will come up to you and say, you know what, Pat, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, what's going on? Um, please uh, don't be offended by this, but I just want to kind of make an observation. Yeah, what's that? You know, I noticed you were a little bit frustrated in a meeting earlier. And that person made a comment, and I also didn't like the comment that was made by the other person who's a vendor and a partner of ours. And I feel like they were a little bit out of place to ask us to have to pay more, and I felt you were a little bit frustrated. And I was kind of weird for them to come from that approach. And I kind of saw what was happening on this side. I kind of like how Larry handled it, but I feel like we need to go back to them, speak to them about this. And you're sitting there saying, huh, good for you. And say they're right. It's the ability to read a room. It's the ability to read people. It's the ability to read somebody that's trying to sell you something. It's the ability to read a competitor. It's the ability to read a new hire. It's the ability to read somebody that's not happy working where they're working at. It's the ability to read, which you cannot, you can go read all the books you want, but a part of it is intuition, a part of it is vibration, a part of it is having worked in an environment that's maybe sports, a lot of pressure, a family, difficult family, problematic family, military, that they can handle these type of, these type of things and they can read the people. And a person like that in a company growing is generally going to do well. Because one skill set you are going to need to be a SEAL is you got to learn how to read people. Next one you probably heard a million different times, but it's learning how to listen. And not just listening to what people are saying. A lot of times people ask me, I had so many people ask me, said, Pat, how do you remember the person said this and that person said this and this person said this? I literally listen to what you're telling me. And I'm trying to process it and internalize it. But sometimes you just don't listen to what people are telling you. Sometimes you also got to listen to what people are not telling you. Sometimes listening to people that are not telling you anything is giving a way bigger message than listening to people that are telling you something. So you got to read the whole room that I'm talking about earlier, but you do that by being able to listen to what everybody's telling you and not telling you. So listening skills is a very big skill to have uh, as you move up. Uh, the more you move up, you actually will be doing less talking, you'll be doing more listening. Believe it or not, I know this kind of sounds strange. At the lower level, you may be doing more talking, but at a higher level, you're doing less talking, you do more listening because you have to get updates from so many different departments, and the ability to listen is a very valuable skill set to have. So this next one's interesting. Let me explain to what I mean by this. Say you come to work, and you got somebody that needs to be working on certain areas in their business, right? And you go and say, Johnny, can I talk to you? Yes. And you pull Johnny aside and say, Johnny, I would like to see this, this, this improve. Because I've noticed that we've been doing this, but I don't think we've been doing it at you know, par, and we can do a much better job with this, but I feel you gotta get this thing better with yourself and improve in this area. Hypothetically, have a conversation like that. Then you notice this person shuts down for a week, okay? You notice this person shuts down for a week. This person may be extremely creative, who shut down for a week, and they're extremely sensitive, who shut down for a week. Now, it's okay if he does that, because he's a one-man show, not a lot of people report to him. Now flip it, see if a CEO does that. 
Imagine if a CEO gets a million different criticisms every day. Your company doesn't do this. I'd like to see you do this. I'd like to do it. Da, 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 da. So much. And the CEO is so creative at the top, so sensitive. It's like, oh my gosh, uh, so many people are not happy with what I'm doing. That they go into the corner office, they lock it up, they turn off the lights, and they hide there. So nobody comes and gives them more criticism because they don't want to get more feedback. That's problematic. Here's the point. You cannot be sensitive to be a CEO. You can have a lot of different things that people are going to tell you that's going to hurt you. And pretty much everything's going to fall on you as a CEO. Every single thing. Low level, middle level, whatever. It's going to come back up to you. You've got to figure out a way to challenge your leaders and get better. But everything rises and falls on leadership. So as a CEO, if you're monitoring people yourself, if you want to be a CEO one day, you're sizing everybody up, say, I want to be a CEO one day. You cannot be the person that gets so sensitive that takes you a week to get over something that somebody told you. It's got to be, boom, shh, it's right, dang. Let me find a way to improve. This part's right, I can improve. Let me get better at it. If you do, you have a quality of somebody that may one day potentially be a CEO. So let me give you this last one here. So you know how you have some people that say, you know, uh, a conversation, it's a very easy conversation. About the, I, I used to love having lunch with my employees every day. When we had, you know, less than 20 employees, I'd do lunch with them every day. And we'd sit in the conference room and we'd talk and I would talk about current event. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? It's very easy to find out who is very strategic when you're asking questions like this. Let me ask you a question. Here's what's going on with the economy. What would you do differently to help with the unemployment? Oh, here's what I would do. I would first do this, then I would do this, then I would do that, 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 that. Wow. <laughs> Can I vote for you? Hey, what, what would you do? You know what's going on right now with, you know, Kaepernick or what's going on with NFL or what's going on with Hollywood? Not a lot of good movies being made. What do you think is the direction to go to make better movies? Oh, here's what I see the challenge. You know, there used to be better horror movies. These are 11 things I would do. Beautiful. Hey, let me ask you a question right now. Say, say you have the funding that they're giving you for XYZ. How would you solve the educational program that we have in America today? Oh, you listen, if you think about it, the curriculum is the challenge. Then the curriculum is holding the teachers accountable as a challenge, and they give you 12 points. Here's a point I'm trying to make to you. You need somebody that's strategic to be at the top, because that person needs to be able to say, here's our next 13 moves. John, you call Jackie, boom, here's what we're doing. We need to raise another $22 million. Can you call the banker in New York? Can you get me on a conference call with Larry? His assistant's name is Mary. Can you do me a favor email this person? Can you bring our numbers for the last six months? Uh, can we get a meeting at two o'clock with such and such person? You see all of a sudden, 12 moves like this, right? And you can always spot it when people are coming up. Always spot it when people are coming up. Because your strategic people always say, here's the next seven things I, need, I think we need to be doing. Here's the next 11 things we need to be doing. It is such a valuable asset at the top. Very valuable asset at the top. So if you yourself, something comes up, do you look this way or do you say, here's the 11 things I would be doing. And remember, one, two, three moves, amateur. Four to five moves, pro. Five to 10 moves, master. 10 to 15 moves, grandmaster. It's very hard to get to the 10 to the 15 moves, but the grandmasters in chess, they know their 10 to 15 moves that they're gonna make when they play against somebody like you. Because that's why they're a grandmaster. So, having said that, those are the 10 qualities of future great CEOs. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care everybody, bye-bye.